Saturday 2nd, Saturday, September 2nd, 2023. Thank you for joining me today. Now, this is going to be a part two day, as you've seen in the past. Uh, for those from not new to, or from new to the show in general, sometimes I'll do a small segment that's technically seen as the daily wrap-up part one and two. But today, in general, this is going to be a very focused discussion just on one thing we talked about in the last, uh, well, specifically in the interview with Shelby Thompson about soil tack. And what is apparently the plan to be deployed in Maui once they're done searching. And I just want us to go over this again because I found my, what my brother actually sent me some really interesting things. I found some things that really opened up some new doors here in regard to the overlap with nanotechnology, Department of Defense. And, you know, and that's in addition to what we talked about before, which as far as I'm concerned, I don't think this is even remotely something that's considered safe to be used in this context. I'm not an expert, so you guys can do your own in this context, in this in this field. Or, I mean, you know, you can argue anything, really. But the point is you guys can do your own research in this and come to your own conclusions about whether you think what this, using the material safety data sheet, the previous work, where it was originally used and tested in the military, overseas, and wonder why this is being used on a local civilian area that already went through such devastation. If the argument is just to keep chemicals which I guess we haven't even verified are technically there yet from getting out and spreading. I, it, it seems like it, you, I, I, I don't want to be hyperbolic about this because I want there's too much of that going on in this conversation. But I thought it was important to focus in on just what this is and what we can prove. And, and I, did, I do think the things that we added to the story today are, are a little bit un, disconcerting. But for the secondary point is I will be doing another show today a much longer show after this in regard to a lot of different topics. So just stay tuned for that or not stay tuned, but circle back to the platform after about an hour when I'm done with this and we'll be doing that show. But let's get right into this main topic. I started, uh, this started with an interview I did with uh, a follow-up interview. Actually I did with Shelby Thompson entitled locals convinced Maui fires, not accident as evidence. Oh, actually, excuse me. This was the first one as evidence suggests foul play. And then I followed up with her with this interview ongoing cover up in Maui fires with thousands of children missing. Now, I'm actually going to go over some of these points in the show today, not this focus, but the secondary show after this, because I did find some more information around the children and other things. But today's just going to be focused on soil tack and what that really is and why that seems to be concerning. Don't miss the image we use for this that I didn't even comment on of Biden and, and, the, and the, uh, the governor just or is it the mayor just walking, you know, gallivanting through the middle of the area, even though people are not allowed to go to their own homes because it's apparently dangerous on a Sunday stroll, you know, just it's something, something very wrong with all this. And that could just very well be a cover up of their corruption and malfeasance and nothing more. But I do feel like there's more to this story. But we went over this in this interview, a bunch of different things. One was the children missing, which I still think is an important part of this that few are touching on. Or when we talked about it, now it's becoming a bigger story, thank God. But the soil tack issue, as well as a, a couple of other really important things, make sure you check this out. Shelby's doing some great work there. But I wanted to reiterate what we read on this article first to start this off yet again for those that might have not seen the interview. So this is this is from ABC News, August 19th. Material to be applied in Maui burn zone to stop contamination runoff. So the argument is this is about, I mean, they do in some conversational points here discuss as if like the wind's blowing, it might blow things in the air, which would argue it's not just about runoff, but what might be blown into the mainland or the center of the island, but Runoff is the main focus here. So what they're telling you is that the things that arguably have not even been truly verified, like because what they're pointing at is, you know, asbestos and lead from the homes and other other things we're not sure about. Well, if we're still looking for people that have that are have died in this disaster, I find it hard to believe that we're able to definitively tell when we're still being lied to about East Palestine, by the way, which I'll talk about later today. They still don't even know what's going on. Somehow we're managing to get immediate results, which I'm telling you aren't actually what this is about the hypothetical concern about what might be there. That's what I believe based on all the evidence I can see. And that means that they're using something that I can show you. I don't think is actually even remotely safe to use in this context for the idea that it might be there. And even more so that the idea is that it's running into the water. And I'm going to show you that does not seem to be what this is meant to be used for. Now, it says the biodegradable, non-toxic material, which is how this is framed, except I don't agree with either of those things based on the information within their own data sheets. But let's remember things, FDA, EPA, these are groups that have, at least in the recent times, shown to be very dishonest. Now, I, I, I mean, like as a general sense, the entity, that's not to say that individuals within them might not disagree or choose to speak up. 
but biodegradable non-toxic we know there are things right now that you can show are so-called biodegradable non-toxic which will hurt you there's I mean, any number of things like toys or you know whatever else but my point is that what we're going to show through this information is that they're trying to make it sound like this is just water this is just a completely benign thing well it's not actually it's a polymer based nanotechnology uh, soil uh, destabilizer and dust uh, suppressor that was designed by the military with the Department of Defense in regard to the nanotechnology aspect to be used in the military in regard to stopping the dust from flying around in the Middle East and and uh, in the other location was Iraq. Well, in Middle East in general, but Iraq specifically. Not to, so- to save people from getting sick, but to stop the dust from flying around that was hindering their missions. Now, uh, typically how this works, guys, this is what we're always trying to show you. These things that are military uses that then just get like, I guess, I mean, because realize it wasn't about using this to save people from dangerous things that are running off. They're taking something that was used to actually, I would argue, have lasting effects on the environment to, to better affect the military agenda. That now is being applied in a kind of reverse way. You'll see what I mean as we go through this. But again, we'll be, apl- oh, first of all, we'll be, which will turn pink. That's not how it's designed. They're adding dyes to do so. I haven't even gotten into whether those dyes will be something that could be dangerous to the environment. We're not even talking about that. And for those that just quickly go, oh, dyes, it's something. Well, let's not dismiss anything. We're finding out today that things that have been in your sunscreen, your children's toys, have been hurting them for decades, and they've known about that. So let's not dismiss any benign thing that might seem that way. Adding a dye to this that turns it pink that's going to be sprayed over this entire area, which is what we're looking at, does not see, or largely, mostly by the ocean, but a large area around the Lahaina specifically, does not seem like a small thing to me. Quite frankly, with the dyes they were putting in our drinks our entire lives that we find out are super cancerous, I don't trust anything they have to say. But here's what it says. The charred black earth and ash will soon turn pink. So they're saying anywhere that was burned as a water-based glue, which even if that was the entire truth, which it doesn't seem to be, that sounds crazy to me. A water-based glue sprayed around the area is applied to prevent winds and rain from kicking up and running off into the ocean. Now, I'm going to show you in the documentation about the water overlap, which does not seem to be appropriate, but that doesn't seem to stop them here. Workers for the EPA incident response team will be applying the biodegradable non-toxic material known as soil tackifier in the coming days. Soil tack is the name of the exact product made by Soil Works using water trucks that will spray the material from hoses, an agency official said. The process will not begin, however, until the search and rescue operation has been deemed complete, which I'm arguing is going to be a long time. That's whether because they can't find them or because that's beneficial to the agenda. You guys can decide for yourselves. But overall, there's time here. So in this one aspect, if you're worried about what this is, there's still time to speak up about this. That's why I thought this was important to get out. Now, officials have said a number of toxic substances, including lead, asbestos, and arsenic, most have most likely contaminated the burn area. Oh, so we haven't tested then. So we don't know for sure whether it's enough to hurt anybody, except, you know, beside the dioxins and PFAS and benzene and everything else that's been hurting us for 45 years that in a non-disaster area that nobody cares about. But now we suddenly care about these things we haven't proven are there. Don't buy it. Or rather, I'm saying I don't buy it. I don't believe that that's actually what's driving this agenda. If they, why would they care about this in this context, in this highly sought after area, when they don't seem to care about the lead in your water everywhere else around the country or the dioxins or the PFAS or the benzene or numbers of other things that we know are currently cont- How about glyphosate. It's everywhere. I can prove to you that that's hurting you. I can prove to you it's affecting your hormonal makeup through endocrine disrupting chemicals. But no, nobody cares about that. But let's spray things over this area because of a hypothetical. I just I don't buy it, guys have most likely contaminated the burn area after the fire moved through. So they don't know. Burning at extremely high temperatures. The move was intended to prevent the movement of potentially dangerous contaminants, calling it the utmost precaution. Okay, so you're going to spray over everything to stop things from going. Okay, but so what that really means is you're now going to, and I'll show you what 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 actually this does. You're going to basically cement those contaminants, if they're there, into the ground. Does that seem like the smart thing to do? I mean, I, I'm willing to hear out any people that think that this is... Tell me why that makes sense. If these are contaminants and it's lead and asbestos and arsenic, you don't just spray over the top of it. That seems like the worst thing you could do. But that's what's going to happen. 
Unique conditions led to the decision, he said. The proximity to the ocean and leeward winds. So ocean, first of all, which they're telling you they worry about this going into the ocean. But we're not worried about a polymer-based glue that is going to be in the water, essentially, or at least along the shoreline, which I'll show you in their own documents will have an effect on the animals. But that's okay, though. But the hypothetical issue we haven't proven about the lead and asbestos that we want to cement into the ground, that's the worry. The lead EPA person said this. It'll be dyed pink. I'm going to look into that. You should as well. And I don't even know why that's necessary. Because the point is that, well, they say that it's, it basically turns clear when it's sprayed, but you can clearly tell there's something on the ground. So the idea that it would need to be pink for you to notice, to notice that, I, you can decide for yourself. Once it's applied and dry, it'll be visibly obvious that we have gone through. As they do, workers will also look to remove household hazardous waste. So, okay, just so we're clear about this, and maybe the people that aren't paying attention to the story or that aren't in in Maui, maybe they're not aware of this, but as of today, there are still people not being allowed to go back to their property and look for their loved ones or their belongings because of the emergency mandate. Now, there's a video that that I, I, I might show in the other show today of the same real estate guy we've been showing who just tried to go up to these areas that he already filmed. And they literally stopped him and almost arrested him just for being there, saying you're not allowed to park here. You're not allowed to film anywhere around this area. I don't even understand how that makes sense. Emergency proclamation or not, that's not the law. And quite frankly, emergency declarations don't this. We saw this through COVID. They believe their emergency declarations supersede your light, your laws and your constitutional rights. Neither of those are true, despite what the government wants you to think. They don't get that. That's how they've cemented their essential authoritarian ability over the top of what they tell you is the absolute. But either way, the point is that they're now going to be digging into people's homes, they say, to look for dangerous things or other stuff. I don't know why we take them at face value, which can include compressed gas cylinders, solvents, pesticides, and in some cases, radiologic sources. There's a lot of people, rightly so, that are very worried about cover-ups here. Now, you could think what it, whatever you think that means, some larger action, some attack, or it could just simply be that the fact that they made terrible choices that led to the death of a lot of children and then hiding that proof might be something they want to do so they don't go to jail. I'm not, I'm not even saying I necessarily believe that. I, I quite frankly think there is more to this story, but either way, that's enough. That is enough for people in power to cover this up. Make sure you understand that. We don't need to look for the bigger story. But we should. We always should. But recognize in the right in the middle of the the beginning of this story, alarms not going off, water being turned off, blockade stopping people, school being turned uh, closed, children were home. I mean, everything, the way they this went down, the lack of investment in wildfire safety, everything. It seems like this was designed or just a series of really, 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 really bad choices. Either way, they'd want to cover this up. So as they're digging through homes where people aren't allowed to go look and they're stopping you from filming and having flying drones over to even see what's happening going on, well, maybe we should ask why. The EPA says the glue has not been used extensively on other wildfires. Okay, so this is a new thing, guys. They've used this for soil, uh, basically maintaining a soil, like so if there's erosion, stopping that, but also for uh, dust suppression was the word I'm looking for. So not in the sense of wildfire and contaminants and stopping that from getting out. Because think about it. All they're doing is cementing this into the ground. And I'm going to show you an example of one of these that isn't soil attack. But it's environmentally safe, they say, because that's how they've deemed it by the EPA and the rest of them. Even though I'll show you, that doesn't even make sense. Naturally breaking down over six months. Okay, well, look, let me ask you this. Does water have to break down over six months? Do other benign things that we know for sure are environmentally safe, do they break down over six months? Something that has to break down does not mean that's almost never something that is environmentally safe in the sense of like a non-organic substance, right? I'm talking like an, like a, a piece of fruit. Well, that would break down. And even then you could argue, well, that's a different point. But overall, if you take something that is not an organic substance that has to break down, it's pretty much always not something that's going to leave. It's going to leave something after a residue or something like that. My bottom line is, again, I'm taking too much time in the opening. I'll show you what this thing says. But it says that naturally breaking down or if it's physically disturbed by people walking on. Now, that was an important point to me because that goes over with the the dust issue and the different things we'll show you is that so if immediately people are going to walk on this or within a short period of time, assuming they're going to eventually let people back to, you know, their property and their loved ones and their belongings, that they're going to walk over this. It's going to break it up, which will cause it to release faster than usual. A material safety data sheet for the brand SoilTac identifies the soil stabilizer as presenting no human risk. 
human health, uh, risk human health, and is not being flammable. Well, that's interesting. Let me show you what it actually says. Now, before we go to it, here's an alternative that is presented within the documents historically. This one's always aligned next to the one you just saw, saying, you know, you can use soil tack or you can use environment tack or envirotac. Guess what this one's actually called? Rhino snot, soil stabilizer. Because think about there's a reason for because this stuff is is something that is holding the ground together, or and everything else around it that's bad, right? So, but rhino snot, EnviroTac two when applied will penetrate into the soil, bonding the soil particles and binding them into place. This is not about saving things and stopping dangerous things. It's about stopping the ground from having dust because military agendas. That's really what this is about. Now, we'll get into that, and I'll show you where this comes from, how it started in Iraq, or it was tested, basically, in Iraq. They care about the people, right? But first, let's go through this material safety data sheet. Now, I've got the one specifically for powdered soil tack. I've got the one specifically for just soil tack, which are slightly different. And then we also have the, the, the specific material safety data sheet from, uh, directly from them themselves. So this one says soil tack. Synthetic copolymer. Now, remember, they say a water-based glue. That's what they're calling this. So let's go through this reasonably quickly because I went over this recently. It's from 2018. Soil is a formulated high-molecular weight engineered prime synthetic copolymer. That's what they're using. They're going to use. Now, the dust form of this, that's important to the difference. I think that the difference is with the dust form or the, the uh, I guess, non-dust form. This is the one that's saying that, yes, it has a combustible issue, right? So if the dust is, if it breaks up too quick and the dust is spread too much, which is what I read yesterday, then that can become flammable. So to say this is not flammable, even if you're not using the dust version, if something can break up and become flammable, that's not really not flammable to me. But, you know, this is how it's generally recognized as safe. That's how they frame these things. Well, it's not flammable becomes, well, not always. Well, if it is at all, I think the people deserve to know. And it says right there, may form dust concentrations in the air. The dust version, yes. And that may be flammable. Now, this I thought was interesting. Under health is slight, slight hazard. Well, they literally just said that's not true, but it says health, slight hazard right there. Ability, slight hazard. Again, the components, 98% of this is synthetic vinyl copolymer. I mean, this overlaps with all the stuff we talk about with TCVs and, and vi- like even vinyl chloride similarities you know like these things have the same kind of like dioxin potential either way the point is that this stuff is not the natural thing they're trying to tell people that it is if it gets in your eyes flush with water and so on so you're going to spray a bunch a whole civilian area with this no uh, no treatment necessary under skin contact now this stuff it doesn't seem like it's incredibly as dangerous as some of these things and if if swallowed induced vomiting okay now it says in general I, th- I thought this was interesting, too, by the way. You'll find a couple examples as they're screaming about getting rid of carbon in the atmosphere that this stuff is using. Like, this is basically the way they use this is water, spray, foam, dry chemical, or carbon dioxide. You'll find in this specifically, it's got two different examples of things that are uh, – this is – where was this? Oh, so these are the non-detected. Hold on. Where was the other thing? Well, I think that was the main part of it in some of the other documentations. So there's things that can be used in this that would in- basically add more carbon to the environment, which I don't think they ever care about unless it's controlling your life, quite frankly. Okay, so right here, avoid dust formations. Do not breathe the dust. So I don't, I don't know how that's going to be possible if you're walking on this. Cover all spilled, air, spilled material in accordance with regulations. Local authorities should be advised if significant spillages cannot be contained. That doesn't sound like it's a safe substance to me. Increased risk of slipping if substance comes in contact with water. Oh, great. Let's spray it along the shoreline. So you're going you're gonna to do... You're, so if it's increased risk of, risk of slipping, that means this is something that when in contact with water essentially doesn't maintain its stability. How do you explain that? Down here, I think... No, there was... Well, I, I'm just going to try to cut... To, you, you guys, please read through this. Because I want people to understand that the secondary part of this I find more and more important. But in general, this seems to be not water-based, not even biodegradable, if you ask me. And also has dangers, for sure. There's parts in here where it gets into the animal overlap. Oh, what I said last time I thought was funny is they're literally going, oh, look, no dioxins found. (laughs) Oh, you mean the dioxins you didn't even know existed over in East Palestine that you're still pretending aren't there? Cool. 
So clearly my point is they always know in their documentation that's something that's always a risk. And even with this, now I'm, I, I'm going to bet you if this stuff burned, it would absolutely release dioxins. But, you know, let's hope that doesn't happen. I don't know why you would introduce that into the atmosphere. And so here is aquatic toxicity. Now, this stuff is reasonably minor, I guess, if you're taking this at face value, which I don't know why I would. But it, they're even pointing out that there is even a seven-day issue here. Now, it says, based on EPA guidelines, materials classified as practically non-toxic. Oh, whoa, wait a minute now. What did they say over here? I mean, it says it right there in the beginning, non-toxic. But wait a minute. That quite literally says non uh, practically non see my point guys that's how the corporate media does their job generally recognized as safe does not mean entirely safe it means that there are some risks but it's not we argue based on x y and z and based on these factors and based on our being paid off by, oh excuse me because that's totally acceptable it it meets the guidelines like that's the kind of garbage we get from them is it dangerous or not should i allow my kid to be around it or not you know i mean that's kind of the thing that in bottom line is they then go on to list literal aquatic toxicity while they're going to be spraying this along the shoreline and areas that close to the water to a, a lush, fertile area of, of aquatic life. And th- th- there's minnows in here, fathead minnows, that apparently seven days have a toxicity risk. How, how long is it going to be staying there? It's not going to go away. So how, how long does that seven-day risk continue? Is it only once they spray it, then it's gone? What if it's dripping into the water and continuously? I, this is... Bottom line, you get the gist of it. This is not what they're saying it is. This, this material contains non-volatile compounds, which are not expected to be released into the air in any significant quantities. But if it's dust and they're walking on it, well, that, it's not expected to be, but that's basically this is all about industrial. right? For industrial use only is what it says right there. Well, this doesn't seem like industrial use, does it? This is a civilian area. Now, under the Department of, of Transportation, you know, the government, not regulated. I don't think, I think that just means that they don't deem it to be dangerous, of course. All right. So, you know, and, they, and if you read just their breakdown, not dangerous, not a problem. Okay, so now the next one. Now, you guys, it's basically the same information. You can read through this and find the same stuff, non-flammable. Let me just look for this one, actually. Well, that's first of all, so you can see. Okay, so here's the difference here. This and see this. Okay, so they might be arguing this is the version they're using, and maybe they are. But you can't say it's it's a water-based, biodegradable, non-toxic problem when 55% of it is synthetic vinyl copolymer. copolymer. That's the different percentages based on, I guess, the powdered versus the ready-to-go version. Any other water reference? Wash affected area will, uh, with mild soap and water. If irritation continues, proceed, m- seek medical attention. Yeah, or carbon dioxide, same point there. Closed cool containers exposed with fire, fire spray. Here we go. It says prevent from spreading and entering. Dr- See, same thing. That's the same thing the other one said. Prevent from spreading, entering drains, ditches, sewers, rivers, or open bodies of water by using sand, earth, and other appropriate barriers. Great. So let's spray it on an island then. That does not seem like it makes sense to me. Again, so you same stuff you'll find in there. Oh, well, hold on. I just saw one that I wanted to see. Okay. Polyethylene. For, use for containers, container linings. Okay, not the same thing. So here is just the other data sheet. You could find this one's kind of, this is the powdered one as well. So just use that discernment if you if you want to look for the different ones. Because again, this hasn't been used yet. So we have to we don't know what's going to end up ultimately being used. The media is pretty notorious for never giving you the full picture. So here's where it gets really interesting to me. Okay. This is where it overlaps with something that really kind of makes me, you know, and I don't want to get too conspiratorial here. I mean that in an honest way. Like, the, you know, like trying to find where the bigger conspiracy could be, not that the conspiracy means something fake. But I, even then, I want to focus on what we can prove in the immediacy of this. But my concern with the nanotechnology overlap, which we're going to point out here, is what else might be going on? When we're, when we're talking about what they're doing right now, what we already know is happening with these earlier injections of the previous shows I just went over, talking about the nanotechnology overlap with the medical countermeasures that are the COVID-19 injections and talking about the concern that we have about the way that the Pfizer injection was listed as self-amplifying in the beginning when it actually came out. And we talked about that right in the beginning. And I said, that means it's going to continue to produce spike protein. And look at what we're dealing with. Hey, look at that. It keeps making spike protein. What do you know? 
Like only if people would listen to us in 2020. So the point is that I'm worried about what else might be happening in any use of nanotechnology when we just got lied to for three years when they're using nanotechnology. And that's what this all seems to be about. So when I found out this is a Department of Defense in tech, nanotechnology application, it opened up a new door. So this is from 2000, uh, where was it again? Nine, I think, 2009. Yeah, 2009. Here's what it says from SoilTech, letter of introduction. SoilWorks, which is the company, is the innovator of the manu- and manufacturer of SoilTech, soil stabilizer and dust control agent. So remember, this is what's all it is. This is not something that's designed to keep people safe. It's not something other than the dust and, you know, flying in your eyes and so on. And it's meant to keep the ground solid. Now, none of these are about worrying about environmental issues or the fact that this is or about stopping chemicals within that ground area from leaching out. You'll see what I mean. Now, it says it's in an eco-safe biodegradable liquid copolymer. It's funny how they leave that part of it out in the news representation. Used to stabilize and solidify any soil or aggregate as well as erosion control and dust suppression. SoilWorks' recent advances in simulation, chemistry, process techniques, and analytical instrumentation have allowed a whole new host of new types of polymer particles and polymer nanotechnology applications. Not nanoparticles, nanotechnology. So polymer nanotechnology is partly what we're seeing in the the COVID-19 world. To be realized, it says, these advances led to the revolutionary development of nanotechnology, quite literally, into soil tax superior performance. Look at that. So great. So now this is a nanotech. So how exactly does that even make sense? It's what part of it is nanotech? If this is some kind of water-based glue, why are we using nanotechnology? Something about this is very disconcerting to me. It says once applied to the soil or aggregate, the copolymer molecules coalesce, forming bonds between the soil and aggregate particles. Again, so cementing in the ground whatever's dangerous down there. Why that makes sense, you can ask yourself. The key advantage of soil tech originates with this long, nanoparticle molecular structure that link and cross link together can you guess what that's starting to describe i know a lot of you already are thinking about it carbon-based issues carbon nanotubes that's what it says right in their own documentation as the water dissipates from the soil or aggregate a durable and water resistant matrix of flexible solid mass is created now the matrix term is important we're going to show you where they've used this before and i could have gone off on that part for the for three hours to be honest but i wanted to make this quick today So a a durable and water-resistant matrix of flexible solid mass is created. Once cured, soil tack becomes completely transparent, leaving the natural landscape to appear untouched. Transparent does not necessarily mean you can't tell there's a sleek, you know, crystal cover over everything, right? You would see that it wouldn't just look like the ground. It would have that, this is a a glue, essentially, if you want to think of it like that, a a polymer-based cement you know that holds it in place and so the point is you would so they dyed it pink this time so i'm gonna i want to find out what that pink dye would be and if that's dangerous i don't think they even i don't even think people in the government whether they care whether we're safe would even ask whether that's safe. they think oh it's a dye who cares that's how there's mind the mindset is and I, i'm willing to bet you that's probably got its own problems soil tack results are based on the application rate used modest application rates are useful for dust suppression and erosion control by creating a three-dimensional cap or surface crust Heavier rates can generate uh, qualities similar to cement. There you go. Useful for soil solidification and and stabilization found in road building. Does this sound like it's about your health? By adjusting the application rate, soil tack can remain effective from weeks to several years. Most importantly, soil tack. It is truly biodegradable product that is completely environmentally safe to use. I don't know. I disagree with that. Maybe based on, you know, generally recognized as safe standards. Soil tack has been rigorously evaluated. And also on top of that, guys, they're telling you right now the COVID-19 injection is safe. So let's have some, some you know, perspective here on what these people are willing to lie about or whether they even know that they're lying. Because really, I, I, don't, I don't know why these people would even quibble about whether these things would hurt you when they don't care about things they're forcing you to take. Soil tack has been rigorously evaluated and its performance verified by none other than the U.S. Army. All right, that's where this starts. The Department of Defense. And Depart- and Development Center against its, it, the, it, the industry's traditional top-performing soil stabilizers and dust control agents. As a result, the Department of Defense continues to award soil works with contracts to supply Operation Iraqi Freedom. Enduring Freedom. You know, the, the opium-stealing con- agenda and the invasion agenda. And on and the ongoing Iraqi rebuilding efforts with soil tack. Hey, well, h- ask Iraq how it's working out for them. We're going to get into what I think actually happened there. 
in regard to what this actually seems to do to the the moisture in the ground. And then, you know, what happens when you remove a lot of moisture from an area that's already very dry? Well, I'll tell you, you get crazy storms and lots of lots of dust everywhere. And guess what's happening today? Well, we'll get back to that. I think this is going to leave a lasting problem, maybe by design in in Lahaina. And the ongoing Iraqi rebuilding efforts. Now, its success with the U.S. military and allied forces has led to soil works, GSA contracts, and a complete listing of national stock numbers with the U.S. Department of Defense. So this is a Department of Defense contractor that is now supplying this to Lahaina. SoilTax Advanced Nanotechnology is modernizing the way we stabilize soils and aggregates in addition to controlling dust and erosion for a whole new generation. Because we all want that, right? We're all worried about dust and soil erosion. No, that's something they're using because, one, they're causing those things in most cases. But, two, because it benefits what they want to accomplish, not because it's dangerous for you. This is cra- I find this to be quite wild. This, this is alarming. Soil tack applications are extensive, ranging from simple backyard trails and construction sites to heavy lift military cargo runaways. So just a quick overlap to what this might. Now, I'm not saying these things are connected. They could be right. We're talking about specifically polymer matrix, you know, nanotechnology. This this is a study from uh, where was it? 2010 on severe Science Direct. It's entitled Biodegradable Polymer Matrix Nanocomposites for Tissue Engineering. Hmm. Well, just to be clear, we're talking about the polymer matrix nanocomposites nanotechnology, but in a different application. So just ask whether, one, something else might be going on with what this is used to do, and two, maybe this is a next step, maybe this is just, or maybe they're not connected at all. Either way, recognize what the technology is being used for. Here's what it says. Nanocomposites have emerged in the last two decades as an efficient strategy to upgrade the structural and functional properties of synthetic polymers. And it says, uh, where was it? The, a logical consequence has been the introduction of organic and inorganic nanofillers into biodegradable polymers. So just because they say it's a biodegradable polymer and I want you to think that's organ- natural, that doesn't mean it's organic. To produce nanocomposites based on hydro- uh, or apatite, Metal nanoparticles and carbon nanostructures. That's the nanotubes. That's the self-assembling nanostructures. All of that's listed in this very study, which, by the way, is listed and talked about in the conversation of what soil tech is as well. In order to prepare new biomaterials with enhanced properties, consequently, biomaterials, bio, the, you know, Biden's bio executive order on the bioeconomy, right? Everything's going in this direction, whether we want it or not. Consequently, the improvement of interfacial adhesion between the polymer and the nanostructures has become the key technique in the nanocomposite process. So what, what I wanted to show you all right here, it says the combination of bio-resorbable uh, polymers and nanostructures open new perspectives in the self-assembly and nanomaterials for biological applications with tunable mechanism, mechanical, thermal, and electrical properties. Now, the one point that stood out to me here, I just have a picture of it so it lives, it was after number two here, oops, For in vitro, in the body of engineering of living tissues, cultured cells are grown on bioactive degradable substrates, scaffolds, that provide the physical and chemical cues to guide their differentiation and assembly into three-dimensional structures. One of the most critical use in tissue engineering, which they're talking about here, that's the whole point of this. Where was it? One, uh, where was it? I lost it. Oh, right there. It, the, one of the most critical issue, uh, issue one, one of the most critical issues in tissue engineering is the realization of scaffolds with specific physical, mechanical, and biological properties. Scaffolds are active substrate for cellular growth, proliferation, and supports a new tissue formation. So, you know, who knows? This is just alarming stuff in general that's happening. And this is the overlap technology we're talking about, the Lieber-Langer overlap, what the injections are discussing. Some of this is pretty concerning. So now, just in a general sense, 2015, so five years later, the release of engineered nanoparticle materials, the release of engineered nanomaterials from polymer nanocomposites. Okay, so they're spraying polymer nanocomposites, nanotechnology, but not saying they're connected. But all I'm pointing out is the potential for things that might be overlapped that we don't know about. Now, people hate that stuff that calls conspiracy theorists. I'm, but I also, I would also willing to point out, though, that I'll make those connections and then make a very clear statement to say, I'm not even saying I believe this is true. I'm just simply pointing out a possibility. But then that gets becomes in other people's shows that Ryan says this is that, which, you know, so I get 
how that can be. But, you know, look, I, it's not my fault that people can't be objective in their own right. The bottom line is we have to be able to ask questions, but we also have to make sure we don't then jump to conclusions. You know, unless you, it's your, you can if you want to. That's your right. It's called free speech. But if you're trying to be, present, you know, respectable and be honest and objective, well, then, you know, let's not jump to conclusions. But nonetheless, could, could there be an overlap here? Of course there could be. These are the same kind of general technologies. And it says, and the effect of matrix degradation. So the matrix point being these, the bundles of the nanocarbon, you know, the, the, two, the overlap crisscross thing we just talked about. And that de the degradation of that in this technology could release engineered nanomaterials. Okay, so if we're talking about something that's going to be used, and again, hypothetically, just leaning into this possibility, even though there's not much to go on there, just because it's interesting, and this stuff is interesting to me whether or not it's connected to Lahaina, could that be used to eventually later release something else? Well, yes, very clearly. Here's what it says. Polymer nanocomposites, polymer-based materials that incorporate filler elements, like we just saw in their breakdown, possessing at least one dimension in the nanometer range, are increasingly being developed for commercial applications, which you could argue that's what that is, ranging from building infrastructure to food packaging to biomedical devices and implants. So look at the broad stretch there, right? So you can see how this can be applied and however they want it to be. It could be in your damn children's toys for all we know. Important to understand the, the potential for exposure to these nanofillers, which could be released during routine use or abuse of these materials so that it can be determined whether they pose a risk to human health or the environment. Well, maybe that's what's happening. This article is the second of a pair that reviews what is known about the release of engineered nanomaterials, what we're talking about, from polymer nanocomposites, also what we're talking about. The release of engineered nanomaterials via passive diffusion, desorption, and dissolution into external liquid media, maybe like the ocean, and the release of um, engineered nanomaterials assisted by matrix degradation. These release mechanisms may be especially relevant to nanocomposites that are likely to be subject to weathering. Again, hear me on this. this. There's an overlap, but there's nothing I see that connects these two things other than the fact that we're talking about nanomaterials and polymer composites. But ask the questions. Because what I'm before we finish with the, main, the, the part about the military overlap here, realize that the stuff we've been talking about, guys, is not conspiracy theory. It's not fake news. It is verifiable, peer-reviewed science on what they're literally, openly researching and executing. One of which was the idea of, an uh, this is already being tested and worked on, aerosolized mRNA that can deliver nanoparticles that can vaccinate you, or according to their own documentation, hurt you. Right? So, a dual-use weapon. And you can read it for yourself. I went over this in depth. The point is, guys, this is what we're talking about. We get onto the self-spreading conversation about the potential of just self-spreading vaccines in general. See, I always, I always wonder what, see, I always do, I, when I'm grabbing this stuff, I wonder if you guys get frustrated that I play it so often, but it's only because there's somebody new out there, and I know it, and this might just bring it together for them. So in case you think that might be an overlap, here's what they literally talked about in 2020. Since the outbreak of COVID-19, the word virus has been dominating media headlines as well as our daily lives. Did you know that one approach that has been proposed to control virally transmitted diseases is by releasing a virally transmitted vaccine? Unlike traditional vaccines, infectious vaccines do not require any individual consent. Good times. And then you can see this is just what the discussion was about. It was huge in 2020 in Europe. And then my point is simply that just, you know, these are possibilities. So we should ask, you know, was this a test to test some new form of deployment? I don't know. I'm not saying I think that. This is just ask questions important we also just talked about this and this is the second one i keep forgetting to find you know just did the u.s government work on a myocarditis inducing virus yes ralph Barrick, north carolina university chapel hill on the record in the 90s with rabbits worked to, to use a, a coronavirus that would induce myocarditis and he succeeded what do you know isn't that possibly what we're dealing with certainly possible but then did they work to aerosolize it in the caves of china with the bats yes on the record my point is simply that all of these things could be overlapped and this could just be some new ex ex level of technology. We also just talked about the idea of what Omicron truly is, or any of these variants might be, or any of these concepts might be. That there's a new study that quite literally just found that Omicron forward, according to their race research, is not natural. I've been saying that from the very beginning. So was that something that was deployed? So we need to ask whether that's already happened, whether that's possible. Now, going to Soil Tech, the, the actual website, so you can look at it for yourself, brought something very interesting up. 
Now, as always, let's just check one more time, just in case it loads for the live show, which that seems to happen to me all the time. But no, SoilTech, the company website, doesn't seem to be there. How in the world do you explain that? Here it is on the Wayback Machine. I mean, every time we get to stories like this, this is, a, this is January of last year. They're about to use this, and yet SoilTech.com is just not there? Explain that for me. Welcome to SoilWorks. The world's leading manufacturer of environmentally safe soil stabilizers and dust control agents. We'll ask, do, do the people of Maui want soil stabilizers, dust control agents? Do they need those things? Have we even checked to see if we need them, that those, that those dangerous things are there? Or, let alone, or if this is even something we want based off potential lead and asbestos that they've been living with their entire lives because you guys didn't care before this. But it says, no matter what your dust control needs are. So again, is it about dust control? Is that really what we're talking about here? That's not how it's being sold to people. SoilWorks has developed a product that will meet your needs. Oh, I think that was it in this one. But then here's the other one. This is just the SoilTac page in general. It says, the key advantage of SoilTac originates with its long nanoparticle molecular structure. Soil tack is is applied and the water disperses from soil or aggregate important okay so how can this not have a lasting effect on the on the ground on the soil the water disperses from the soil so it literally is i mean that's how these things tend to work it's going absorbing as it dries this the, or you know and, and seems like in general based on how this works to make it more stable absorbs the liquid right because in the and then then what happens when that goes away i think that's kind of obvious it becomes more dry becomes more dusty right that's how, I'm, that's how I'm reading this. Once cured, so because this is why I think that, because this was never designed to make a lasting difference. It was designed to make it work the way they needed it to while they were invading countries with, with dust and sand. You know, the Middle East. Once cured, soil tack becomes completely transparent, leaving the natural landscape to be untouched, except when we add pink dye to it. Dyes, pigments can be added for color. Let's find out what kinds. So a uh, powdered soil tack is the only patented dry polymer soil stabilizer on the market. Okay, so that's why I argue that's what they're going to be using. So we'll have to find out. So they're gonna, are, gonna be, are they going to use the unpatented version? I can be, it can be mixed into the soil to solidify and stabilize the ground. Right. So that's even worse if it's going to be even longer lasting and more problematic. Department of Defense created landing zones with Solta. There you go. That's where this comes from. Areas where the dust won't be swirling around and where it's stable so we can land our machines of war for invasion. Or excuse me, freedom. I meant freedom. Totally meant freedom right there. But here's the point. Or no, excuse me. That's the next one. I, want, I just included this last. I forgot. This is from March 2011 under contamination control list. I just thought it was interesting what it said here only one listing for this under and by the way if you want the number i don't i would assume the number is accurate or i mean maybe not since the website is no seemingly no longer up which is very concerning but there's your number in their website here's what it says again water-based natural no it says polymer emulsion similar to soil sediment set cement cement excuse me only cheaper (laughs) oh great great so we're going to use the cheaper version of what they might be able to use cool so I, I didn't have time, but we should look up what soil cement is. I mean, it's the same kind of stuff. It's like, it's like rhino snot. It's one of these different products. None of these things seem to be designed to be truly safe for the environment, but maybe just as an afterthought, making sure they're, you know, a little biodegradable. Doesn't mean safe. Now, where I think this becomes really important to finish the show today, here it is inside the Navy. U.S. military continues testing, testing. Great. So we were testing on the Iraqi people. Just like they tested everything else and used depleted uranium and sprayed things in, in Vietnam. And, you know, these things are always designed to under something under context. But here it is right there. Why would you test another locate? Well, because you want to know if it's going to hurt them. We just talked about this in the study over here, deciding whether or not, you know, the, the right there, the, uh, the, where was it? So it can be determined whether they pose a risk to human health or the environment. Well, I think we already found out as history has gone forward. It's a soil attack was developed by soil works as was SIRTAC, which is the company licensed after it was developed by the Naval Research Laboratory. This is a military product, guys. The Department of Defense made this product with nanotechnology. And now it's being given to you under some different guise. That's concerning to me. Oh, this damn it. Of course, this goes away. Well, I think I know where this was. So this is under 2006. Listed under dust control. 
In the past years, dust over a construction site or haul road was nothing unusual. But as regulations tighten and enforcement becomes more stringent, contractors are searching for dust control products. That's all this is meant to do. In the sands of Iraq and Afghanistan, adequate dust control means the safety of our members. It's about war. And of course, they argue, oh, well, it could, you know, dust particles can end up in your breathing it in. It can make you sick that way, too. But it's not about whether you're healthy. It's about stopping that person from fighting in the war. That's what this is really about. Just like most of this stuff is. I think it was just under soil tack. This military action in the sandy Middle East has revealed a dire need for strong dust control. That's what it comes from. The fine sands of Iraq and Afghanistan can, can cause brownouts and possibly catastrophic crashes. That's all it is, including engines and helicopter blades. Two companies have received government contracts. So it works. Oh, I think the soil works there. It's, oh, then there's maybe another one down here. In any case, the point is soil works is a government contracted group that designed this based on the military. Many dust suppressants are created by from byproducts and other of other industries. Typical, right? Sort of how like the fluoride in your water was because of a byproduct of something else. They just said, hey, let's find a use for this. And that turned out to go in your body too. These products can have low concentrations of active ingredients leading to inconsistent performance. Some dust control products sold to the military have had bacterial contamination, giving a rotten egg smell. So keep a lookout for that. And guys, if it ends up being used, hopefully not. Others are contaminated with products they, le- they left behind. Soil tack has been formulated from the ground up to be a consistent, clean product, classified as a vinyl acute acutate copolymer emulsion. So the further you go back, the more clear this becomes that it's not what they're telling you it is. The chemical is a concentrated liquid that is diluted with water on site. Oh, so it's it's water-based. See how that works out? Once cured, it is a long-lasting power even under strong UV exposure, high temperatures, and alkaline soils. That does not sound healthy for the environment. During testing at the U.S. Army Corps of Engineers, attack was proven pure and effective. (laughs) Was that safe and effective? No, pure and effective. Got it. For price and performance, it was contracted by the General Services Administration for use in Iraq and Afghanistan, as well as for military bases in the United States. In the environment of the Middle East, soil tack is mixed with water, two to one ratio, and applied. And it says after a few hours cure time, the sand surface is solid enough to handle even the largest sea stallion helicopter. Great. So let's ask Maui if that's what they want. Well, my point is the same. If what we know is that this creates a situation where the water is leached out. Now, guess what's happening today? And it's not just today, by the way, but this has been a building problem. Iraq dust storms leave 5,000 people needing treatment. Well, what changed, guys? Iraq and the, and the, and the, the deserts have been there forever, literally. Middle East, worst hit by rise in sand and dust storms, 2016. And of course, World Economic Forum, guess what? Climate change. Sandstorms are sweeping across the Middle East. What's happening? Of course, they say climate change. Well, here it says the Middle East worsening dust storms are making it harder to deploy solar energy. 2022. Here's what it says. The presence of water or mere moisture acts as glue in the soils, keeping soil particles together. However, when the soil is dry... Due to heat waves and prolonged droughts, the particles lose their water content and become dispersed. Bottom line, not hard to understand. The drier it gets, the worse it gets. Under such conditions, if air movements or winds are strong enough, they can move the dispersed soil particles and distribute them into the atmosphere. Okay, so that's bad enough in an area that's desert. Then, of course, you have a group that comes in that doesn't care about what the people are dealing with and dumps this dangerous thing all over the ground that makes it solid while they're there, and then they leave. And that goes away and removes more moisture. And then we deal with decades-long storms that we've never seen before. My, the bottom line for me is, guys, they just told us they've never done this before with wildfires. They've never, as far as I can tell, done this in an entire civilian area, other than overseas with people they don't seem to care about. But guess what? They don't care about you either. So all I want people to see is that this stuff does not seem safe. It does not seem natural. And it does not seem... That I, we even fully understand what this can do or what it's made with. But the bottom line is that this is not something that I, I don't think they know what this will do in the long term. And, and then I guess the real bottom line is what do people in Maui actually want? Don't they have a right to say what they want with their own property? Well, no, the, the real picture we're beginning to see in everyone's lives is that the government, when they say so, can just be like, you don't have any rights anymore. 
even though that's not possible. All they're really doing is saying we're choosing to violate your rights, to not to not acknowledge your rights because we're tyrannical. Because X, Y, and Z. That's all it is. So make sure you research this. Make sure you spread this around. Make sure you let people of Maui know that this is something they're planning on doing that I don't think they should do. I mean, look, if you think that the asbestos and lead are a problem, let's get some tests that prove that's a problem. And, or maybe let's say you think that it's immediately a problem and you're, you want to err on the side of caution. Well, there is a lot of other things that could be done than a polymer-based glue to spray all over your homes. Now, my, also, guys, what do you think this will do to the area that they clearly want? Well, if it turns it into something worse and it dries it out more, because the land becomes more unstable, well, that's going to be used to, ju- to justify making it somewhere people aren't. They, it's too dangerous in here. We, sorry, the fire and everything else just made it too unstable. We can't let people back in. We're going to redesign it in a green way for the future. Well, it's a conspiracy theory we all seem to be aware of, the writing on the wall. So maybe this is just one more step in that direction to maintain that you know, land grab kind of conversation. Uh, it's up for you to decide. I think it's clear there's a lot of obvious, obvious anomalies in the story where, I mean, they completely highlight malfeasance, government corruption, straight up lying while people are suffering, controlling the flow of information while people are just trying to figure out what's going on, making sure they're not bringing in supplies for people who clearly need them. I, just Everything about this doesn't add up. But be careful not to jump to conclusions. There's a lot of manipulators out there, a lot of people that are pushing in blatantly false information about these stories to keep you, you know what it is truly, to keep the people out there that might be interested in just general corruption that are scared away by and rightly so, by ridiculous stories that are completely blown out of proportion, completely subjective, all conjecture by the typical subjects out there that you can imagine. And then the people that are, you know, maybe, you know, maybe you maybe I would agree that are maybe too concerned to be consult seen as conspiracy theorists, but yet they just go, oh, this whole story is fake because somebody makes some ridiculous claim that Oprah's house has a blue roof, even though you can prove that it doesn't, or on and on and on and on. I'm not saying dismiss the possibility of some overlap to that, but realize that that in and of itself buries the truth that might be there by using provably false information that got 5 million views that people are still spreading. So just be careful, guys. Stuff like this gets missed when we focus on these bigger stories that we can prove aren't true in some cases, but we should be looking at all of it and having discernment, being objective. We have to be today. Thank you for being here. Now, make sure you tune in later. I'm going to be doing a show in probably about an hour or more. So tune in. There'll be a lot more to talk about. I love you all. As always, question everything. Come to your own conclusions. Stay vigilant.